This is Steely and Thune at noon. I'm Parker Thune. We appear to have some difficulties getting Mike Steely connected and or on the program here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and shoot him a quick text, make sure that he is on the verge of jumping on with us here. Steely, are you there? Do we have you connected? Steely? Hello? Hello? Wait, there you are. We have you. Okay. Yes. How we doing? What's up? You you know, we had a a very quick transition out here. I'm out at Cabins today. I love being out here at Cabins. Gary and the uh, the folks out here are awesome. Uh, They've got the Super Dog Duke out here, so I'm always happy to be out here. But we had, uh, we, you know, found that I was coming over here kind of late this morning, right after Plank. So Plank had his own equipment. And then he takes his own equipment, so I'm in here setting up in the conference room with another set of equipment, and we kind of had to transition one piece of equipment out and one piece of equipment in. So, But we're here, ready to go. How we doing? Well, I mean, hey, the equipment was malfunctioning there for the briefest moment in time, and I was very stressed out because I'm here in this studio alone. I'm like, oh, no, if, if Steely isn't connected, what, I'm gonna, what are we going to do? Nobody wants to hear me talk for two hours. But You are Parker Thune. Everybody wants to hear you talk for Everybody wants to hear you talk for two hours. There's no doubt about that. I don't that. know about all so, that. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff happening today. We're going to talk Bedlam basketball here to get started. Going to hear from uh, Porter Moser uh, to get started here in a minute. Obviously, a very disappointing second half for the Sooners last night, no doubt about that, as Oklahoma State outscored them by 22 and dominated the second half to win the Bedlam game. So the Sooners are going to try and bounce back against Baylor uh, coming up this weekend, 3 o'clock ESPN2 from the LNC. We have... Uh, what else are we going to talk about today? Uh, obviously, the portal, Spencer Sanders to Ole Miss, where he'll compete with uh, the incumbent starter, Jackson Dart, and another one of their portal additions, Walker Howard, coming from LSU to Oxford. So that was a very interesting decision. We'll get into that a little bit later. We've got a couple guests coming up today. We'll talk. Uh, I'm going to talk a little Thunder basketball for about five minutes with Brandon Rabar, and I know we'll get some hillbillies on the text line that will be mad about that. But you are looking at right now a franchise that is in the early stages of becoming a title contender again. They're a good basketball team. They're going to be in the playoffs, barring something unforeseen. I don't think they're taking uh, any way the rest of the year. It doesn't look like that. Victor Wambanyama can go somewhere else, and he's going to be a great player. But Oklahoma City right now, man, you think about adding Chet Holmgren, you are looking again at kind of the early days of Durant-Westbrook. And I'm not saying that Shea is Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that uh, Josh Giddey is um, Russell Westbrook. But they're really good. And the pieces they have right now are good. And they're only going to get better. So uh, you were looking at the Oklahoma City team again getting back into title contention. This is the early stages of that process. So Sam Presti, major props. Brandon Rabar coming up at 120. T.J. Eckerd will join us, and we'll talk about the portal. We'll talk bedlam basketball. We'll talk a lot of stuff with T.J. coming up at 135. So, Parker, the Sooners, man, they had been in so many close games. That was the first game, and I know they – what did they get back in within 57, I think, 52 at one point uh, in the second half. But the Cowboys came out, man, with a blitzkrieg of threes and good defense. 
Sooners really, they didn't have a horrible shooting start to the second half, but in terms of turnovers, it was horrible. And uh, you got to give Oklahoma State credit. They needed a victory uh, in the worst way, and the Cowboys end up winning, uh, going away last night there in Stillwater. Yeah, Steely, I mean, that game did not go the way that any of us expected it to go. I mean, we Tyler McComas and I went in great detail previewing this game yesterday on the rush. And, uh, look, it just – here's what it boils down to. This team does not have closers, man. And it's, it's a reality that we grow more and more accustomed to by the day. And Grant Sherfield is a great scorer. Give him his flowers. But – this team has some issues that are going to continue to hold them back when it comes to making a tournament run. I think chief among them is that they don't have a true outside shooter from beyond the arc that you can count on to heat up if you need him the way that Emoja Gibson was for this program the last couple of years. And they also don't have a true big. Tanner Groves is not that. Tanner Groves is at his best if you don't have to rely on him as the primary interior defender for the likes of a Musa Cisse, right? And you saw it again last night with this Oklahoma team, a theme that we have seen throughout the entirety of the duration of Moser's tenure, the opponent pulling away late and Oklahoma unable to keep pace. And this was a close basketball game for, I would say, 30 minutes or so. But once Oklahoma State started to pull away, It seemed like Oklahoma, as a team, got into a funk on the offensive end, just couldn't find a rhythm. And you saw that gap continue to widen and widen and widen to the point where it's a 16-point defeat, and it's probably more lopsided than it looks, but it's indicative of where Oklahoma's at right now as a program. They have an inability to close games down the stretch and do what they need to do to even stay within striking distance at times over the final few minutes of a game. Yeah, this uh, this was the first time in a while, though, where you, you literally saw it get out of control. They went to Lubbock and won. You, you know, they give up the first two uh, conference games at home. They, they lose on the home floor, which is never an advantageous situation for anybody. Yet they came back, they win in Lubbock, and yes, Tech's been injured. Tech isn't as good as they have been, but that was a nice win for Oklahoma. They had every opportunity to close out the Kansas game, just couldn't get it done. But uh, and then they come back, beat West Virginia, but you're looking at Oklahoma now at 11-7 and and 2-4 and four in the league, and you're wondering, where are all the wins going to come from down the stretch? Starting with Baylor, which all of a sudden is playing really good basketball, ranked 21 again that Saturday, 3 o'clock at the LNC. And don't forget, we've got, of course, a, a big pregame for you coming up Saturday for Oklahoma Baylor. Uh, we will be out on uh, Main Street at 405 Burger Bar on Main Street, 1 to 2.30 with a Baylor pregame show for the Sooners and the Bears. Again, tipping at 3 at the Lloyd Noble Center. It'll be on ESPN2. But our pregame show, again, from 405 Burger Bar on Main Street, 1 to 2.30. Come by, have a burger, uh, join the conversation, then head on over to the Lloyd Noble Center. 405 Burger Bar, Big Buns, Real Meat. All right, let's hear from Porter Moser last night. Here is uh, Porter's reaction to uh, the Sooners again, losing 72-56. to They led 30-24 at the half, outscored by 22 by the Cowboys in the second half. 15 for Grant Sherfield, all of those in the first half, and then a goose egg in the second half. Here is Porter Moser's reaction uh, to the loss last night 
in Bedlam. I saw an Oklahoma State team that just played with their confidence just exploded. I know Woody Newton came out and hit that three to start the half. And then I don't I don't I think they scored five out of six, maybe six out of seven, maybe twenty-five out of twenty-six, whatever it was, possessions in a row. Our defense, we've been pretty good starting the second halves. We were trying to win the second half. And uh, our defense um, and to start it, and you could just see their confidence go. When he when Woody Newton hit that three, um, I thought Bryce was terrific hitting shots. They all were. They all were. They, they, you just saw the confidence come through, and um, and it just they just went on a great run and, and completely uh, completely dominated the second half. Now the Sooners try and bounce back against Baylor coming up this weekend. And again, Baylor's playing better basketball right now, ranked 21 in the country. Uh, every game in the Big 12 is going to be tough, no doubt. The Sooners have been in a ton of close games. Last night it got away from them in the second half. So what about his team's confidence level? Porter Moser, confident that his team will be better in the game against Baylor. Hold up, Steele. I need a second to get that audio clip. No problem. Uh, so, again, that's a 3 o'clock tip. Don't forget, we'll be at 405 Burger Bar on Main Street in the heart of Norman. 1 to 2.30 pregame for Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, for the Sooners, their next four, they have Baylor coming up this Saturday. Uh, next Tuesday night, they go to TCU. I know TCU lost to West Virginia last night, Mountaineers' first Big 12 victory. But TCU ranked 14 in the country. And then you have the uh, matchup Saturday, January 28th, with number 7, Alabama. And then after that, it's back to Bedlam uh, Wednesday night, February 1st, 8 o'clock against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So you look at the remaining schedule, and, man, you, you look at them like, all right, where is the where is the next win? And there are some certainly on there. But, man, it would be huge for Oklahoma to bounce back, get a win against Baylor coming up this weekend. All right, we ready to go with Porter? Let's hear from Here him is, right uh, Porter. Yep, talking about uh, confident his team will bounce back and be better against Baylor. You know we've had we've had losses. Um, you know you, you bounce back. This team is this team is high character. I mean we've had we got gut punched twice at home. We came back and we knew we had a road trip at Texas Tech at Kansas, and we darn well could have almost swept them both. So they've bounced back many times. And that's our only option. It's our only it's our only option in this league, is is, is to you, you can't lose confidence. You got to you got to learn, get better, put in the bank, and you got to come back and fight and get the next one. You got another elite team, so there's there's no losing confidence. It's just this team has showed they got character. They showed they'll bounce back, and uh, and that's what we got to do. We 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 did not play well in the second half. Um, a lot of it was us. A lot of it was them. They made us play bad. Um, they played terrific in the second half, and uh, we got to bounce back to get Baylor. All right, there you go, 3 o'clock tip time. Once again, don't forget, we've got a pregame show for you. Get on out to 405 Burger Bar Saturday. We'll be there 1 to 2.30 and uh, be talking about everything Sooner basketball related, and we'll probably uh, get into some football as well. Pregame for Oklahoma Baylor basketball Saturday, 405 Burger Bar in the heart of Norman on Main Street from 1 to 2.30. I am here at Cavens Construction on this Thursday Cavens Construction, they are the surgeons of property damage. They put your property back better. What am I talking about? Mold testing, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying. They do everything. They do roofing, basic construction. They are your one-stop shop for whatever you need construction-related, whether it's an emergency or you're just trying to uh, do some household improvements. Cavens Construction is the place to be. Give them a call in Norman, Oklahoma City 
at 405-573-3048 in Tulsa Stillwater, 918-282-7612, online at cavensconstruction.com or Cavens Group, actually cavensgroup.com. All right, so we're underway. Our first hour brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company. They will also do great work for you. We're just underway. Let's take a break. Come back. Talk sooner football. Spring game date is set. Portal stuff to get into. We'll do it all next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Steel Man and Thune, I am coming to you from uh, Cavens Construction Group, a great place. Love being out here. Gary and the crew out here, super professional, super nice. We'll have Gary on to tell us what's happening here at Cavens here in a little bit. I can tell you it's a one-stop shop for whatever you need construction-wise. I'm talking about general construction, roofing, whatever you're looking for in that department, or if it's an emergency cleanup situation, you've got a major issue, you need resolved as quickly as possible. Also, done and done at a very high level by the folks here at Cavens Construction Group. And again, we'll have Gary on here in a little bit. Cavensgroup.com online. Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa or Stillwater, 918-282-7612. What do you think about uh, Spencer Sanders going to Ole Miss? That is, again, you've got Jackson Dart, the incumbent there. Walker Howard made the decision to leave LSU for Ole Miss. Uh, That's going to be an interesting competition there in Oxford. It's wild that Ole Miss is the destination for Spencer Sanders, Steely, because my, my immediate question is, well, who starts? Does Spencer Sanders or does Jackson Dart? And... Obviously, one is going to start. One is going to have to ride the bench. What happens to the guy that rides the bench? If it's Spencer Sanders, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's his, like that's yeah, his and last Spencer year. Sanders is, yeah, no doubt, and uh, he is the most accomplished, obviously, of that trio. And Jackson Dart, you know, started last year and had I, I don't know how would you how would you give what letter grade would you give Jackson Dart B minus maybe in that area yeah I mean what do you think B B minus but my thing is okay if Dart wins that battle Sanders just wasted his last year of collegiate eligibility and if Sanders wins that battle Jackson Dart certainly feels jilted because the reason he came to Ole Miss was because he was going to be the guy that's why he chose Ole Miss over Oklahoma out of the portal in the first place was because at Ole Miss he had a path to start immediately and he just spent a full season as that program's starting quarterback and really did nothing to jeopardize the security of his gig as the Rebels starter it looks like a potential portal problem a triple p potential portal problem and you know i i gotta tell you it to me it's uh it Spencer Sanders has tarnished his legacy somewhat at Oklahoma State, and I know you can say, well, it's, you know, Mike Gundy's at fault also and his hardcore stance or whatever, but this is a guy that, look, I mean, at times he had a love-hate relationship with the Oklahoma State fans because he would turn the ball over a lot, but he was always, you know, they talk about loyal and true in Stillwater. He seemed to be that guy. This just, uh, this definitely tarnishes his reputation at Oklahoma State. I'm not saying it's going to be that way forever, and I'm not saying he is uh, to OSU fans what Muleshoe is to Sooner fans. 
not not even in the same ballpark. But it's just not a, a good look all the way around um, with this deal. I, I mean, I hope he goes to Oxford and becomes the starter for the Rebels and has a good season. That would be cool, but we'll have to wait and see. April 22nd for the Sooner Spring game, and uh, they are going to try and sell that place out again. So uh, it'll be, I'm sure, a, a huge crowd. Do you think they can pack that place, pack the Palace again? I not think they can. To, not to the extent that they did last year, but I I, th- I still think it'll be well attended. I think you'll get north of 50,000 people, if I had to guess. Um, by the way, do we want to get to a Doug and Norman text? Because we have one, and it is a doozy. Oh, is this going to – you know, I'm having a good day right now. I'm really having a good day. Is this going to – is this going to alter the way I feel about my day? I, and I know that's all up to me, but it, it potentially? I, I don't think so. It's it's definitely going to get the okay. text line fired up, as Doug and Norman texts do. Uh, but here's what he says. I've been a basketball season ticket holder since I moved to Oklahoma years ago. Last night's second half was the absolute worst performance by a Sooner team that I have seen. While I know that people are clamoring for more support for the basketball team, I find it difficult to support such continuing lack of effort and talent. Porter Moser is out of excuses. Recruit and coach better is essential for him. Well, look, I think they play hard almost every night. Oklahoma State got on an absolute roll. The crowd got into the game. I mean, that place was loud. They were going crazy, and uh, it was the first time the Sooners, well, you know, maybe you look at the Sam Houston game, but they had that deer-in-the-headlights look a little bit, you know, and in so many of these games, whether it was Allen Fieldhouse or wherever, you know, they, I know they didn't close that game out, but last night it really got to them on both ends of the floor. Here's the deal. They're not that talented. I'm sorry. I mean, they're just not – I'm not saying that they don't have talent, but they don't have – I mean, Sherfield's good. I think Uzan is a really good freshman. But, yes, Porter is going to have to get more talent into the system because I think the dude is a heck of a coach. Last night, yes, if you want to base it on that second half, that was ugly. That was really ugly. But he's going to have to upgrade the talent because I think the dude can really coach. And, again, I just they, – they've got guys that play hard, uh, and, and they're – but they don't have any dudes, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and I'm not even talking about Buddy Heald level or Blake Griffin or Wayman Tisdale or Trey Young level. I'm talking about, like, um, who's an example of a guy that was um, Corey Brewer or somebody like that, you know. Um, and Uzan might be that guy, and maybe the, some of the new kids they're bringing in will be. But I, I think that, for the most part, I think they're well coached. I just don't think they have the kind of roster they need. Well, overall, and my thought is, Steely, right now they've got a bunch of players, but they don't have a team. That's what I think of this Oklahoma basketball program right now. They don't play together the way that they need. And honestly, like I will contrast that with what we've seen from the Oklahoma women's basketball program, because Jenny Baranjek has it cooking. And I think Porter yes, she can, does. I think Porter can do that at Oklahoma, but. You gotta you gotta find a way to get these guys to play together, play as a collective, not just play as individuals. And you can have a whole bunch of players as opposed to a team and get away with it if you have a superb level of talent across your roster. Oklahoma doesn't right now. 
So that method isn't going to work for them. They have to gel better than they are right now. Yeah, and, and I think in some games you've seen uh, evidence of that. But last night, again, uh, the Cowboys came out, got on a roll. It was one like Oklahoma just couldn't find uh, the hoop in the second half. They they just had so many turnover issues, and they allowed Oklahoma State to get all the momentum. Oklahoma State really never let go of it. I think, again, at one juncture it was 57-52, and then Oklahoma State had another big hoop, uh, and it just got out of control. So, Credit to uh, Oklahoma State, a much-needed victory for the Cowboys. But, man, you look at the rest of the schedule. Tell me where the wins are going to come. Here's who Oklahoma has remaining. And, again, the Sooners right now at 11-7 and and 2-4 and in the league. Remaining at home, Baylor Saturday. Then Alabama, the number seven team in the country. Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, uh, Texas Tech, and TCU. Now, games, you know, Baylor's a winnable game. that They could beat Bama. All these games they could win, but Oklahoma's got to play at an extremely high level. But, you know, I mean, if you win, I look at Oklahoma going like three and four in that stretch of those seven. And then away games, you go to TCU, you go to West Virginia. The Sooners usually play pretty well at West Virginia. It's kind of a... Uh, a spot where they uh, often find a way to win. Then you have to go to Waco, you go to Austin, you go to Ames, Iowa, you go to Kansas State. I mean, you're looking at a team that could finish like 15 and 16, uh, 5 and 13, 6 and 12 in the league. And again, there are going to be opportunities for OU, uh, and you need to get some momentum back. You know, you really do. And uh, a Baylor win coming up Saturday is much needed for Oklahoma. Yeah, this feels it, it almost feels to me like the exact same team as last year. And I get that it's a different cast of characters, but I get that same type of vibe. I just think the difference this time around is Oklahoma doesn't have the firepower to win one or two of those games that they won last year that they probably shouldn't have. And so I'm looking at a team that's probably going to flirt with 500, Steely. I think Oklahoma is probably a 500 team in 2023 yeah i i projected this out and i had oklahoma finishing uh 15 and 16 6 and 12 in the league and uh that's not going to get you to the ncaa tournament and i don't think they're a bad basketball team uh they're they're a long ways away from being a great team but i think you know for what they have last night second half you throw that out i know you can't but i think they're well coached i think their talent is you know okay but uh, and I think for the most part they do play hard. But this is a this is a gauntlet, man, in the Big Twelve. There is no doubt. So um, you know, and we'll see if they can really play well at home and get some confidence. If they can beat Baylor and Bama, and you know, I don't look at one of these games and say ah, they absolutely one hundred percent won't win it. I mean, you're clearly going to be an underdog against uh, Bama and Kansas and Kansas State, and um, you know, Baylor's going to be tough. They're playing better, but. You know, they got to get some confidence back before it starts really going south. Okay, I'm here at Cavens Construction Group. Palmer, uh, Palmer, Palmer, what am I saying? Parker, good Lord, man. I'm losing my marbles here. Parker is back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios, and I'm here at Cavens Construction. I have a friend of mine, Palmer, who's a streaming buddy of mine, so that's how that came out. But, Parker, you know what? 
We're going to talk to Gary Cabins next hour. Brandon Rabar, we'll talk about the role the Thunder's on. And uh, T.J. Eckert's going to join us. We've got a lot more texts ahead to get to. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Coming right back here on The Ref. We are back. We'll be going back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a couple minutes. We have our man, uh, Gary Cabins, here at uh, Cabins Construction. And look at Duke. He comes right in, too. Like, i got to be in here and hear this conversation. Duke is the uh, the office dog, and uh, Duke is my buddy. So is Gary. So, Gary, uh, what do you want to highlight today? We are, uh, we're still in winter, even though it doesn't uh, look like winter outside. I know we're in the 40s, but uh, it's not very windy today. It's really not a bad day. But what are, you, what are you looking at? What's going on with Cavens right now? What are you guys dealing with the most? Well, right now we're dealing with a lot of mold um, that was left over from water losses that weren't properly uh, structurally dried and extracted. And we have people that have mold popping up in their, around their baseboards and um, anywhere uh, bathrooms, anywhere plumbing pipe breaks were at. And so we're seeing a lot of that, you know, and, you know, you don't want the mold growing in your bathrooms. You don't want it growing in your hot water tank closet. You don't want it, you know, at your home or your business or, or around the baseboards. So if you do see signs of mold, give us a call. We can do um, a mold investigation and testing, and we can come out there and um, look at it, see if it's a harmful mold or if it's something that's not a big deal, and we can um, write up a report and send it over to you and um, help you out through that process if it is something that needs to be remediated. I uh, had a friend of mine say, I've heard your shows at uh, Cavens. Can I really call them for anything? And I said, yes. And he he asked, how do they specialize in everything? I said, because they have specialists in every area. And like Gary Cavens, every time I see him, he's going to another meeting to learn about some other new process that he can get on top of. So, yes, it's all about um, it's really cool to have. It's almost like a construction department store or mall where if you want to go, all right, Here's your mold removal, you know, fire removal, any emergency situation you have. You guys have the experts in the field. You don't just send some, you know, some dude out there who kind of knows what he's doing. you got somebody who's been through the entire process, has done it for a long time. Uh, so it's pretty rare in this day and age for, you know, somebody to specialize in just about everything, but that's what you guys take pride in. It is. We spend a lot of time doing development and training. Um, me and Jessica VT spend a lot of time going to classes and taking classes, and then we take that knowledge and we pass it down to all of our employees. We do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, training in the mornings uh, before the guys go out. We spend a lot of time just kind of going over things, and we and we don't just go over them once. We go over them multiple times, multiple different ways, and then we do a lot of on-the-job training, on-the-job development. Um, you know, bringing them in. And, you know, they always have a mentor, a gentleman that's been with us for a long time, and we always try to team them up, the younger guys with the older guys, and kind of mentor them and develop them and train them the proper way. And, you know, it's like anything else. Sometimes some guys learn really fast. Sometimes it takes some guys longer. That's me. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's all of us. Everybody learns differently. But, you know, we just we really work on cross training and development and we put a lot of money. We invest a lot of money into cross development and training. And that's a big thing that a lot of companies don't do anymore in our kind of industry. Um, and it's, it's important to us to develop so that we can if we get in a situation 
they can look at it and see it from multiple different directions and understand all the issues with it. The great thing about us and, and what we've we do is we've gone from building gigantic gymnasiums, um, uh, police stations, uh, bathrooms, public bathrooms, and just all kinds of different projects. So we understand how buildings go together. We understand how homes go together. So with that, we understand a lot more of the processes than most people do that get into the emergency response industry um, because we understand how things go together. So we know how they need to dry. We know how they need to um, be put back together and how things need to be handled so they can be um, squared away for the business or for the homeowner. You know, I preach to my team a lot that, you know, when a business goes down, it's really important to get them back up as quickly as possible because they're yeah. losing money. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of businesses are owned by just people. They're not corporate businesses. Mm -hmm. And so those people are, you know, they, they when they're down. They're, they're desperate. They're they desperate. Are. They are. And, you know, I mean, this last winter storm, we had a, a liquor store, a wine store um, up in Edmond that went down. And, you know, they got on our Instagram and they did a post about how great we were to work with because we worked really hard to get them back up as quickly as possible. And, you know, and, and that's what we hear across the board. You know, it's like Saturday night. We got a call three o'clock in the morning. I get a call. And they're like, hey, um, somebody broke into the mall. And uh, I was they're like, we need you to come board it up and secure it. We had guys there with 30 within 30 minutes doing emergency board That's up. That's awesome. You know, and, you know, I get calls where I had a call yesterday, um, I think at 11 o'clock, hey, the third floor of our building is flooded with sewer water, and it's leaking down to the other two floors. Can you come and can you take care of it? Yes, we were there within 30 minutes, and we had, you know, we were starting to work the issue, getting it all taken care of and squared away. So this, is, this isn't something that our guys just do every once in a while. We respond to multiple emergency calls a week yeah. when it comes to emergency construction. So, you know, whether it's crime scene, trauma cleanup, mold, water, uh, tornado response, fire damage, smoke damage, water intrusion, structural emergencies, um, any of that kind of stuff, maintenance for your business, uh, roof repairs, roof replacements, roof inspections. Chris does a great job with that. That's Chris's responsibility and his specialty with us. And then... You know, the rest of the guys, we just, like I said, we spent a lot of time training. Okay, about 60 seconds left. So, basically, if I'm calling you, hey, we've got fire damage over here. I don't know how to deal with this. Can you guys get over here? You can handle that call. Yes, we can. And if I call you and say, you know what? I need some changes done to my roof because we're converting our attic into a sports room or you know, an extra bedroom. You guys can handle that, too. No, we don't do that. Oh, you don't do that. Just roofing. So we don't roof do... Roof inspection. We do roof inspections. Right. Yeah. So residentially, the only things we do residentially is emergency response, water, mold, okay. and that. And then we do roofing, um, and we do dryer vent cleaning, and air duct cleaning, and tile cleaning. But residential remodel, we don't do anymore unless you have a water loss or a mold project okay. that we're doing for you, that then you we will into. do the buy, build back on it. Gotcha. Um, but commercially, we still do all that commercially, yes. Somebody was asking me if Gary, ask Gary if he can do that. I said, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. You yeah. do pretty much everything, you We though. do pretty much everything. Yeah, you do. Gary, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I always love being out here. And uh, cavensgroup.com in uh, Norman, 405 573 
3048 Tulsa Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Gary Cavins, he's probably uh, going out to uh, uh, some other school to find out how to do a better job at some kind of cleanup or something here. That's what he's always doing. All right, uh, tell you what. Let's stay on the schedule right here. So let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we will do nothing but your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, all right? 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line, nothing but your text to close out this first hour. Coming up next on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Back here at Cavens Construction on a Thursday, Mike Steely Parker Thune here with you on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Parker, let's head back and get as many texts in as we can to close out the hour. OU basketball, the coach is responsible for the lack of talent. The coach is responsible for an offense that has four guys standing still, watching one guy dribble 30 feet from the basket. K-State is showing people what a good coach can do quickly with the portal. Well, hey, Jerome Tang, man, he may be National Coach of the Year. He's been unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, he is, he's been a home run hire. I think Porter Moser is a good basketball coach, and you're right. That's the one area where they're going to have to start. And, again, I think they've done all right in recruiting, pretty decent in recruiting, but uh, they've, they've got to upgrade there. Clearly, because I do think the guy can coach. And I do, too. But in the end, you compare where Oklahoma's at to where Kansas State is with Jerome Tang, and you know maybe that's all too easy of a comparison to make. But remember when everybody was writing off Kansas State this past offseason after the, after the year that they had last year and after losing Nigel Pack in the transfer portal to Miami? Yeah. For where, for yep. where this program is right now, where Jerome Tang has them, that's how you engineer a rebuild. And that's how you engineer a rebuild ahead of schedule. So mad props to Jerome Tang. And I also think that one of the things he's done is he's just embraced who he is, and people love him for it. People love his sincerity. And Kansas State uh, worships the ground the guy walks on at this point. Uh, One listener has texted in a couple times to say, Maybe Porter needs to take the BV approach to get fans to the games. I'd be curious to hear some elaboration on that because what what exactly does the BV approach mean in that context? Well, and you know, go out and campaign. And uh, yeah, I know he's gone to the fraternity houses, sorority houses, stuff like that. He does a bunch of interviews. Uh, trying to get people pumped up, and uh, one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> and like I said, I'm I'm old enough to remember this being a conversation, even back into what people perceive as sold out, you know, a sold out Lloyd Noble Center, even back in the Billy Tubbs days, all the time. And that's not the case. There were certainly games that were sold out, and there were a lot more butts in the seats. Yes, but they also had an issue back then. So I don't know. And and even then. You didn't have to compete with every game's on your phone or iPad or your smart TV, you know. Plus, you've got TVs were a lot different back then. You've got a big screen with an HD picture, right? I mean, it's it's a much better setup. And, again, part of the deal is, now, this isn't a problem in Ames, Iowa. It's, well, it's not a problem in Manhattan, Kansas. You've seen the crowds there. Certainly not at uh, KU and other places. But 
Also, if you're putting every single game you have on TV, and I understand that's the way to go now, and look, Sooner Vision, ESPN Plus is a great deal. But it's it's hard, man, to get people out of the comfort of their own home sometimes, too. Um, like I said, that, that marketing meeting is going to be one of the toughest and most frustrating uh, for a guy like Joe Castiglione, who, who's great, obviously, but trying to figure out how to get more people into the arena. And the bottom line is win and win big or have a superstar on your roster, pretty much. One listener says, we either have to have better talent or a gimmick system that's fun to watch like Billy Ball. Yeah, I, you know, that's that's not Porter Moser's style, though. Um, certainly K-State, they're playing a fun brand with Jerome Tang, no doubt. No doubt about it. And like I said, he might very well be National Coach of the Year. He's done an unbelievable job, and that's an exciting, fun team to watch, too. Uh Another listener says, Steel Man, go ahead. Try and convince us to travel to LNC to watch that team play. You know, I, like I said, it's difficult. Um, it's it's very difficult. And they are playing, I think, Porter again. If he had more guys who could create their own shot, he'd probably change up his system a little bit. But I think they're playing the way they're playing because that's the way they can win games. Slow it down. Uh, you know, they don't have the athletes to run up and down the floor with KU or Baylor or TCU or uh, K-State this year, Iowa State, Texas. I mean, there are just so many great teams. Um, and, again, I, Porter Moser is not Billy Tubbs or Paul Westhead, but I think if they had a few more elite guys who could create their own shot, you probably wouldn't be seeing this, this kind of pace either, in my opinion. Uh, I guess we'll stay on the doom and gloom vibe here. From the from the 918, the LNC will never have a great atmosphere and crowd with performances like that. I'm sorry to say that this style of basketball is not exciting or entertaining. Nothing to jump out of your seat and scream for. Pains me to say it, but it's true. The athleticism just isn't there. Well, and, uh, you know, with the they've got to get better players. I mean, Captain Obvious here speaking out. Yes. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's system wasn't super exciting, though, right? I mean, it was hard hustle, hardwood, and playing solid defense, getting rebounds. It wasn't uh, nearly as exciting as Billy Ball, but they won a lot of games playing that style, too. Um, but, it, but if, again, I agree. If you're a fan – and you're looking at an Oklahoma team that could finish around 500 again this year and miss the tournament, and you're you're seeing what doesn't look like the most exciting brand of basketball, you're certainly frustrated. Uh, from a listener in the 405 here, I was the guy who texted about being an Ohio State student a few days ago. When I was there, Ohio State was a top-five team in the country and still couldn't sell out their arena. Some places just don't have a strong basketball culture. I really hope OU can get a new and smaller arena. I would be all for that. Uh, and, again, I just don't think the Lloyd Noble Center lends itself to a great environment. Now, there have been some great environments in there. Again, if you have a great game, you have UNLV or those Missouri-Kansas games or, uh, you know, Duke when they came in. Uh, it, it can be if they're absolutely going crazy, a, a decent environment, a pretty fun environment. But on a nightly basis, it was not an arena built for basketball. It was a multi-purpose arena. 
and uh, it's certainly too big right now. And if they do build the the arena over on this uh, northwest side of town, if that ever gets approved, I would think you would want to go eight nine thousand, and that gets you an environment. This is this is so, a, this is we'll a good see. text from Sean right here. How does a loss in Payne County become a condemnation of the LNC and OU fandom? That's talk radio, Sean. You've been you've been around long enough to know you lose uh, you lose to the Cowboys, and that second half goes the way it did. Sooner fans are going to be upset. They're going to hit on every aspect of the program. So it certainly doesn't surprise me. But I get what you're saying. Okay, I'm here at Cavens Construction. We heard from Gary. You know all the great work they can do. Cavensgroup.com. C A V I N S. Cavens Group. Dot com. They are the surgeons of property damage. You have property damage, they'll go to work for you. They put your property back together better here at Cavens. Next hour, T.J. Eckert at the bottom of the hour talking uh, Portal, Sooners, Bedlam, everything else. First appearance of the season for Brandon Rabar talking about the red-hot Oklahoma City Thunder. This is an organization slowly building back to championship contention. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We'll be right back. I am uh, talking today from one of my uh, favorite spots, Cavens Construction here in Norman. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios at the Ref. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. We're going to talk Sooner football here in a minute. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of Thunder basketball with Brandon Rabar coming up a little bit later on. And right back to Sooner football, Bedlam, Portal, everything else with T.J. Eckert at 135. And your texts, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our second hour is always brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Also, shout-out to our friends at Riverwind Casino, sponsoring our hotline, Riverwind, simply the best, over 2,800 electronic gaming machines, new gaming areas now as the remodel continues in the Showplace Theater, in the River Lounge, on the Sky Bridge, all the same games are there. All the great promotions are still happening. Again, new member seven. If you don't play with a wild card or if you haven't been to Riverwind, make sure you get your wild card, all right? No cost to you. And uh, you can upgrade that wild card if you want to, but you can get your wild card and you can win up to $450 in one day. All the uh, random hot seat drawings and other drawings they have, if you have a wild card, you can hear your, your name called. And you can win a big prize just like that for sitting there playing a game somewhere. Uh, and all of a sudden you hear your name called and you've won something and it's really nice. Happens all the time at Riverwind with all their great promotions. So go out there and get your wild card. New member seven, you can win up to $450 in one day. They just give away five trips to the Super Bowl in the uh, showdown in the desert promotion, which was super popular. Uh, five lucky patrons are going. Uh, to the game with tickets, travel, you know, hotel accommodations, ground transportation, and even $1,000 cash. Won't be long before we'll have concerts back in the Showplace Theater. The renovation is starting to wind down. Like, like I said, I think we're in the fourth quarter now. Earth, Wind, and Fire will be one of the first shows out. So get ready for that. 
And then, of course, the outdoor shows, Beats and Bites, is coming back for the summer. Always something happening at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Okay, Porter Moser, last night, rough night. Sooners had a six-point halftime lead. They're outscored 48-26 by the Cowboys in the second half last night at Gallagher-Iba. Oklahoma State wins the game 72-56. Porter Moser. So the Cowboys were just on it in that second half last night. So I got to give Oklahoma State a lot of credit. You know, as mad as I am right now, you got to give. I mean, they were terrific. I mean, they were really terrific. They were clicking on all cylinders. They were they were rolling. They were shooting. They were going downhill, um, playing with tremendous confidence and effort. So you got to give them a lot of credit. They played outstanding um, on both ends in that second half. And so, um, yeah, I'm disappointed that it got away from us, uh, um, you know, without a question. Um, you know, uh, wasn't indicative of our defense. And um, they, they, we, we gave them some confidence, and they just rolled with it. And you got to give them credit with that. No doubt. It was a, a game that Mike Boynton and the Cowboys certainly needed, and they got it last night against OU. That was our Ortho Central Clip of the Day, brought to you by Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right, the portal is closed, Parker Thune. The portal is closed. Well, Where th- Will there be... Any surprises coming? Uh, it doesn't mean that an announcement can't come. Do you think the Sooners are done for this first portal session? We'll have to wait until the second one uh, in the spring. What do you think? I, look, semantically, the portal is closed right now. But in reality, the portal never truly closes. There are enough workarounds with this type of thing to ensure that Players can get wherever they want, wherever they need to get, regardless of what the timetables are uh, that are provided for portal activity. So now Caleb Williams was in February last year, right? Exactly. And that's kind of the shining example. You point to last February. We were all sitting on our hands waiting for a decision from Caleb Williams. And he takes until, I believe, the second week of February to announce in favor of USC. So look, um. Yes, I think Oklahoma is done for the moment, and I I don't know exactly what the timetable will be on adding another wide receiver. I don't know if they'll try to uh, shore that up before spring ball by uh, one, you know, one way or another, or whether they'll just wait until after spring ball, a la Mike Woods, a couple years back. But I think Oklahoma is just looking for another receiver at this point. That's about all you need right now in the portal to add to what you already have. And obviously I think the big storyline today with regard to the portal, and we touched on it already, but Spencer Sanders to Ole Miss caught a lot of people off guard, including myself. That seems like a like a weird, weird fit, uh, but it naturally opens. It, I think that knowing that Spencer Sanders isn't going to be in the Big 12 at the very least, which it already didn't, didn't look like he was going to, but uh, – really opens the door all the more now that he's officially gone from Oklahoma State when you look ahead to the Big 12 picture in 2023. Who's the favorite in the conference, Steely? Because everybody's losing key pieces, whether it's Texas with Bijan Robinson or TCU with Quentin Johnston or even a program like Kansas State with Deuce Vaughn. Well, I, I say even a program like Kansas State. I forget. They just won the league. 
defending Big 12 champion Kansas State Wildcats don't bring back Adrian Martinez or Deuce Vaughn. So there's going to be significant turnover at positions of strength for pretty much every single program in the Big 12. No doubt, and uh, that's why, you know, yeah, Oklahoma plays better, wins these close games. They they clearly could win the league next year. Um, I You know, I haven't thought about it a lot, but you're right, but it's, it's hard to just pick one team right out, you know, immediately for me. Uh, TCU, you know, a lot of people thought, yeah, lightning in the bottle. You know, they had a veteran team already, and then they had some veterans out of the portal, and uh, Max Duggan plays out of his mind, and, uh, you know, they, they win all the close games, yes, but you got to credit what TCU did. I Man, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be crazy next year for sure. And then uh, we're not even factoring in, you know, uh, the other teams coming into the league. It's going to be a wild year in the Big 12. Okay, uh, Michael Hawkins' decision <clears throat> is coming up, the quarterback, uh, and uh, – you know, all kinds of talk, uh, Oklahoma leading. It's coming down to Oklahoma and Arkansas. We saw that Kendall Bryles is uh, becoming the new head uh, coordinator, the offensive coordinator at TCU uh, with uh, Garrett Riley moving on to Clemson. And uh, so you think that is means it's a much better situation for Oklahoma getting Michael Hawkins now. Um, and there have been a few people like, well, maybe Michael Hawkins really liked Kendall Bryles and would follow him to TCU. But based on what I'm hearing from you so far, you think it's a better situation for OU now that the percentages go up that uh, OU lands Michael Hawkins. Yes, certainly. Commitment, at least. And I think Michael Hawkins' heart has always been at Oklahoma. That was the offer he always wanted. And so OU always led in this race and they have led wire to wire ever since they offered him back in July. This is a guy that had an Alabama offer before he ever had interest from Oklahoma Steely. And he never even gave Alabama the time of day. He was an OU guy that also paid attention to Arkansas because Kendall Bryles scheme was one that was very similar to what he was running at Allen and the proximity to home made it an appealing possibility as well. But this was always Oklahoma's battle to lose, and I don't foresee them losing it as we draw closer and closer to commitment day for Michael Hawkins. And I think what's most intriguing to consider here once decision day comes and passes is if Michael Hawkins is indeed a Sooner, what kind of a Pied Piper effect does that have with guys like Aaron Flowers, Peyton Pierce, Eli Bowen, Nigel Smith, Xavier Filsimi, the list goes on. Jaden Hardy, all players within about a 30, 40-mile radius from one another on the north, northeast side of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Yeah, and the uh, other thing, you were mentioning Alabama. You know, you've heard uh, Bill O'Brien is still the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Now, he may not be there a whole lot longer. And uh, there are some people, again, uh, was it Pete Thamel who uh, brought up Jeff Levy's name? There's a possibility yes. uh, if, indeed, the Bill O'Brien situation happens and he takes a job in the NFL or whatever. We'll see. Um, man, I'm telling you what, I, I understand the allure of Nick Saban, but Jeff Levy, OU guy, came back to OU, really wanted this job, and, and the offensive numbers were not that bad. They were pretty decent across the board. 
and I know that you know it, it's it's only going to get better. I, I like his offense. I think he's got a really good offensive mind, but I don't know, man. I would be if that situation happened. I would still be really surprised because he is talked about coming back to Oklahoma. How much it means to him, you know, time and time again, and uh, you know, Brent's big on loyalty and buying into everything. So I would be really surprised unless it is a major raise if that situation came up that Jeff Levy would leave OU. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's going to take, like you said, a huge sum of money to get Jeff Levy out of Norman because I, I think the one thing that people forget about Jeff Levy, because we talk about the reality that he's got Jackson Arnold committed, and that's a very compelling reason for Jeff Levy to stick around. Have people forgotten that this guy's an OU alum? He's got yeah, OU yeah, DNA. Yeah, that's right, and that's why I'm saying, man, if he made that move, and let's say, like I said, if, if you uh, you got a family and you go back and say, yeah, well, Alabama's offering me $3 million more a year or something, which wouldn't it wouldn't be that lucrative, I wouldn't think. But you know what I'm saying? There would probably have to be a family conversation. But as you said, Parker, and you're right, some people forget he was an OU player, recruited by the University of Oklahoma, had injury issues, ends up, you know, grad assistant, all that stuff, but he does have OU DNA. That's why, to me, it would be a huge disappointment if Jeff Levy turned around and went to uh, to Alabama. And, again, this situation may not even present itself, but I would be shocked and hugely disappointed because he's talked so much about what they're building here, and you want those words to mean something. So, again, I'd be really surprised. As would I. I don't foresee Jeff Levy leaving at least not at this juncture, because I think the next step for him is a head coaching gig, right? Even as an OU alum, if you're offered a head coaching gig that feels right, the money's right, the fit's right, the location is right, the vibe is right, that's a scenario in which you're probably going to leave. But I, I know for a fact, and this has been reported, uh, Jeff Lebby turned down a couple of head coaching jobs this offseason already in order to stay at Oklahoma as offensive coordinator. And so that just goes to show you it's got to be the perfect situation if Levy's going to walk away from Oklahoma at this juncture. And I don't see that happening even if it is Alabama that comes calling. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, uh, we will get to more texts coming up here in a little bit, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's break right here. We're going to take a few minutes to talk a little Thunder basketball. In case you haven't noticed – the beginning stages of a return to glory. They are happening right now with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a good basketball team, and that's a team that's going to be contending for a championship soon with the pieces they have and the pieces they have coming and the draft picks on the way and the money they have. Just get ready. It's happening. We'll talk to Brandon Rabar about it coming up next. Welcome back. Mike Steely with you here at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. Oklahoma City Thunder last night beat the Indiana Pacers by 20, 126 to 106. Even this guy recently talked about what's going on in Oklahoma City. I'm talking about Kevin Durant, who said that Oklahoma City is building very impressively right now around SGA. You see a team around them, it could be a <laughs> – you never know who could be on that team with the assets that they have out there. So 
Like, well, you look at that Thunder team, they got some solid basketball players over there. With Lou Dort, solid ball player, mm-hmm. reason why he got paid. Mm-hmm. Josh Giddy, just solid ball player, will get paid once his rookie deals up. Am I saying his name Pokushevsky? Mm-hmm. I mean, 6'9", that can shoot around. it, could play multiple. Like, these dudes are good players over and there. And they got Chet over there in some nice damn, outfits. I mean, just yeah, wait. Damn. And who knows what comes Once next Once he year. come back, it's going to be ridiculous. There you go. We bring in our friend from the Daily Thunder, Brandon Rabar, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And, Brandon, we were exchanging texts this morning, and I said, you know what, we, we are looking at, and I really believe this, anybody who's been watching this team, this is the beginning stages of getting back into contention. Now, they're already in contention for the playoffs. Now, I'm talking about contention for the ring. It starts like this, and uh, Sam Presti has done a masterful job behind the scenes orchestrating all of this, but this uh, Thunder basketball is super exciting again. Uh, watching this team is a lot of fun. It really is. Like This team is exceeding expectations. Uh, nobody saw this coming. Look, Shea Gilders Alexander has taken a superstar leap. He's playing like a top-ten player in the league. Like That is not... Uh, exaggeration. I mean, if you go by the numbers and, and, and analytics, all those things, SJ is taking that leap. Josh Giddy had a great rookie season. He's even better now. He's become a legit uh, number two guy to SGA. They're playing off each other better and better. Jalen Williams, the rookie from Santa Clara, has been playing like a top three rookie. Uh, Lou Dort has never shot the three ball better. Uh, like Katie just said, uh, this team has a lot of young talent. And they don't even have Chet Holmgren, the number two overall pick yet. Yeah, well, on on the topic of Chet Holmgren, Brandon, let me ask you, once he's healthy next season, how much do you think that adds to this organization? Oh, I think it adds a lot. Obviously, his his pedigree, uh, he's a blue chip. A lot of people thought he should have gone number one over Paulo Boncaro, who's having a great rookie season. And the Thunder's only glaring hole right now happens to be the position that Chet plays, center. Uh, they don't really have any rim protection, yet they've been a top-10 defense in the league as the youngest player in the league. Uh, like Mike said, this team is in uh, the play-in right now. They're tied for the number eight spot. Chet Holmgren, he shot nearly 40% from three, so the offense should be better. They'll have more space for, for Shea and Giddy to drive. Uh, and then Chet blocks like four four shots a game in college, uh, elite rim protection. Um, he fills in their biggest hole right now, and, and he's an ultra talent. Do you think Oklahoma City, uh, Sam Presti, and, and the uh, the front office, uh, you know, even for a minute, thought about we need to get in the women Yama sweepstakes this year, or do they just decide, you know what, we've got enough uh, and with, with our draft picks and the money we're going to have and with Chet Holmgren coming back next year, we don't need to worry about that. How do you think that decision was made? Was it was it on the, the talent they thought they had on the roster, the assets they have, crowd size? What do you think the thought process was there? I think that Sam Presti was just going to let this young team play it out and let the on-court results decide for him, honestly. He kind of alluded to that in his preseason presser. Like, you know, as long as this team is playing, he called games a consequence, you know, he's going to let it ride. 
Uh, and, you know, once they're not playing games of consequence, and basically that means if they're in playoff contention, he's going to let it go. Now, if, if they get out of a realistic scenario, then maybe you shift to Wimbanyana sweepstakes. But the way this thing is going, the way the SGA, Giddy, Dort, Jalen Williams, Kenrich Williams, all these guys are playing, uh, I would be shocked if they're not in the uh, play-in scenario for the rest of the season. Uh, question from the text line for you, Brandon, and you heard the snippet from Kevin Durant. I imagine this is halfway tongue-in-cheek, but one of our listeners asks, is Kevin Durant posturing for a comeback to OKC? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I get that question a lot. I will say this. I w- this is all I'll say to that. Uh, the Thunder just went to Brooklyn and played the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and and whipped him on their home court. So if, if Katie can't win with those cats, maybe he can win with these cats here in OKC. I'll say this also: SGA, Katie, Giddy. Dort and Chet would be a uh, contender day one. I'm not saying that he's angling to get back here, but, uh, you know, I, I, I know that he likes the, the easier path to the finals, the better. <laughs> he, yes, no doubt about that. You know, I, I, I had the same feeling about uh, KD when he left. Uh, you know, like I, I'm very uh, petty and very jealous and very, uh, very much a simpleton in many ways. So I was angry at Kevin Durant for years. Most of that anger has subsided now. Uh, so yeah. I, it, it might even be cool to see him come back. I know you're going to have a select few people like, no, no way, no chance. But at some point, he's going to be there for a jersey retirement down the road. Okay. Um, explain to people. And, you know, I remember thinking when the Thunder had Kate, a young Kevin Durant, a young Russ, uh, you know, Jeff Green, and they get surge, and, and they started building. You had a feeling this team, if they can stay healthy and continue on the path they're on, they're going to compete. Explain to people, you know, what Oklahoma City still has picks-wise and cap-wise to even build on what already looks like a really great situation. Yeah, so that's what's wild. This is the youngest team in the NBA, the second youngest team in NBA history next to last year's OKC team. And yet, despite all this youth, they're in the plane right now, tied for the eighth spot. Next year, they get $30 million cap space free. So Kimball Walker comes off the books, and you got $30 million to play with. That means you can go out and get a, a free agent, or that means that you could trade for a star, like all these disgruntled stars. You can make trades because you got plenty of assets. You've got, um, you've got, I believe, 14 first-round picks over the next few years that you can play with, the most in the NBA. So, and you get Chet Holmgren, the number two overall pick this year, uh, coming back next year. So, so this team that already looks competitive, and this team that's the youngest in the NBA, you add a blue chip talent and $30 million of cap space. There's a lot of stuff you can do. You're already adding Chet, so they're going to be better. And uh, if you add $30 million worth of, of star potential, whether in a free agency or, or in a trade, uh, the Thunder all of a sudden are looking pretty exciting next season. No doubt about it. And, uh, the you know, the Paycom Center is going to start rocking because this team – is on the move, and they are headed in a uh, very exciting direction. Brandon, it's great to catch up with you, my friend. We appreciate you. We'll talk again soon.
Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Brandon Rivar has got to be very excited about his Dallas Cowboys going to uh, San Francisco. Well, actually, Santa Clara uh, this weekend to take on the 49ers. But, yeah, that's that's a good team right now. And like I said, um, Sam Presti, I remember some people calling for his head not too long ago. And the he's a genius. I mean, he is – you are lucky to have Sam Presti in Oklahoma City as your general manager because this turnaround uh, right now – they're not going anything but in the right direction and uh, competing for a championship direction. It's it's coming. All right, we'll break right here. I'm here at Cavens Construction. Parker back at the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Let's get back to football. Let's talk portal. Let's talk bedlam. Let's talk a lot of football with T.J. Eckert, our friend from KTUL-TV in Tulsa. We'll do that when we get back. Joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, our buddy T.J. Eckert, KTUL-TV Sports Director. T.J., appreciate your time. Um, you know, this this whole Spencer Sanders to Ole Miss deal, I, you know, I know we've talked about, man, that's a crowded quarterback room. There's no guarantee there. The whole thing, though, feels like a portal tragedy to me. How, how does it feel to you? That's a good way to look at it. Um, I don't think that, and not knowing him personally, but Spencer doesn't really strike me as someone to shy away from, from competition. Like I feel like he's had some adversity of his own in the quarterback room there at Oklahoma State. So, you know, I, I, I think I think the idea of a different challenge probably excites him a little bit. It, but on as you say, portal tragedy on the outside, not being inside, not being Lane Kiffin, not knowing what's truly going on there. Seems like a really strange move when you got two guys. You know, you got a returning starter, Jackson Dart there, and then uh, let's get Walker Howard. Is that his last name? Um, let's go in there as yes. well. At Ole Miss. Um, just, just seems odd. But guys, competitive. Uh, interesting to see how he fits in a Lane Kiffin type offense. That's. Uh, I don't know if it's the best fit or not. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's not the best fit until I see it actually happen. But. Uh, kind of interesting. He's, he's athletic like a, like Matt Coral was, so maybe, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Who is going to be Oklahoma State's starting quarterback come this September, TJ? Are you taking Alan Bowman or are you taking the field? Ooh, man. That's, uh, you know, I, th- I think if as we sit here right now, looking at looking at the current quarterback room, you got to go with Alan Bowman just because of the the – expansive experience that he's had being a being a what about a year and a half two years started there at texas tech hadn't played in a year or two with since he went to michigan but feel like that experience should pay dividends i don't i don't know unless garrett rangel takes a big jump in the spring or zane flores comes in uh and, and just shows out i feel like you got to go you got to go with alan bowman there's a reason you bring in an experienced guy like that it's it's a to be the guy right away but b to kind of mentor the younger ones that you have in that qb room so i would take alan bowman I'm, I, I hesitated to answer because i'm not entirely confident but that'd probably be my pick as of right now yeah Al- alan bowman who's already won in stillwater right uh as the quarterback <laughs> at tech which is that that's a portal uh situation right there uh, no doubt. All right, uh, T.J. Eckert, our guest on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Bedlam last night. Sooner fans aren't very happy, obviously. Uh, what did you think of the atmosphere? And obviously uh, the Cowboys got it going in the second half. Yeah, first off, Steely, shooting a game there in Gallagher-Iba is 
one of the most claustrophobic experiences you can ever anticipate. It's uh, <laughs> it's so crowded down there on the on the baseline. Yeah. Uh, but part of what makes the atmosphere fun, it was it was really loud and and fun and exciting. I think they put the decibel meter up to like 105. I think someone had a handheld in there, so it got loud there in that second half, and it was just kind of like a the snowball started rolling downhill and it, it never stopped. It just the hill just got steeper and steeper, and, and OSU just kept scoring. So, you know, the atmosphere, I think, added a lot to that because we haven't seen OSU score like that really, honestly, all season long. Uh, they, Bryce Thompson got hot there in the second half. Caleb Boone had a bunch of dunks. I don't, I'm not going to say, I don't want to go to this extreme, but maybe you can, you can maybe agree or disagree with me. I think when OU this season gets tight on offense, it feels similar to when they got tight on offense with Trey Young. The offense, almost with Grant Sherfield on the floor, feels like when the ball gets in his hand, it's almost like, all right, Grant, you just got to go figure this out. Grant is not Trey Young. Yeah. So I'm not comparing the two players. But it feels that way because I remember at times when Trey was on the floor and, and the offense stalled a little bit, it was almost like they just handed the ball to Trey and, like, just go make a play. And, I mean, sometimes he would. But with Grant Sherfield, he, he's, he's a good player and a good scorer, and he can create his own. But he's not that, he's not that type of elite score like a Trey Young to kind of save you in moments like that. So that's kind of what it felt like happened last night in the second half is they forced it a lot to Grant, and, and he struggled, and OSU did a great job on him defensively. It's been a long time, TJ, a long time, and I'm trying to think offhand of how, just how long it's been since Oklahoma had a dominant interior presence in the paint, mm. both offensively and defensively. Do you view that as a mountain that this program is going to have to scale before they can get back to being a consistent, uh, not just presence in the NCAA tournament, but a consistent contender therein? Yeah, that's a great point, Parker. I mean, you think back to to the offenses that that Long Kruger had, and I mean, even the Buddy Heald team. Who was, was it? Kadeem Latin was that the big man they had Kadeem on that, in that lineup? Yeah, so it's like. It's like even even then they didn't have a guy that you were like, all right, we need we need a bucket down low. Let's just throw something inside. So there's really hasn't been. I'm trying to I, you, you know Romero Osby had a few had a good season or two there at OU. He was kind of a good there's inside threat. some recall. Yeah, how about that? I, the, I mean, obviously, I think I think everybody goes back to Blake Griffin. Uh, that's probably the la- the last one that they've had a true guy just you know kind of take over down low. So I to your point, do they need that? I think. To help balance out this offense, so you know the game's still perimeter driven nowadays, and guys are going four guard lineups and all that. And so Tanner Groves is kind of that prototypical new style big man. But there's nothing wrong with having a guy that can play with his back to the basket and make plays down there. I mean, Caleb Boone is not like a giant, oversized big man, but he's a skilled big man and can make plays uh, down low. And, and it worked out for Oklahoma State. So I, I agree with you. I think. I think oh, you could have a guy that you could maybe even just bring off the bench that could get you some productive scoring um, from the post, a, a typical post player. We were talking about this uh, in a previous segment, T.J. Eckert, and uh, you know we, it's hard to answer. I know that I've seen various sites. I, I remember I think it was Bet Online had Oklahoma as the favorite to win the Big Twelve. Uh, next year but how would you break down big 12 football like top three or four heading into next season it's such a it's just i mean it's it's crazy there's just nobody you look at and say yeah that's the team kind of weird that tcu just made the national championship and and it's hard to see them being the top one or two type team isn't it i mean with all that they're losing um you feel like the the hypnotoad spirits that they that they're able to conjure up this year may not 
transfer over to the next season? I don't know. I love what Chris Klein is doing at Kansas State. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I haven't done a deep dive on who they have coming back, and I know Deuce Vaughn's gone. But I, I love the physicality and toughness that he's kind of brought in there, and the guy's just a winner. He's won everywhere he's gone. So I feel like you got to give them some credit and put them up there. Um, honestly, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see OU. I think OU's a top three team, at least right now, in terms of what they have coming back, who they're bringing in. Another year under Brent Venables, you'd like to think some things would improve. So, I mean, if I were to just throw three names out there, you got Oklahoma and Kansas State are probably two of them that I would put in the top three. But then the other one, like you're saying, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, you hesitate saying Texas because, you know, they, they haven't really proven anything yet. They continue to have good classes and great expectations every year. But they haven't really done anything. So I, I feel like I feel like maybe those are the three you could you could throw up there, and then we really don't know what's going to happen in Stillwater at quarterback and with the rest of the roster, honestly. So it's hard. It's kind of hard to pick out another team there. Now, I know this is a long way off, TJ, but you think back to 2022, Oklahoma's play throughout – the non-conference slate didn't really tell us a whole lot about the type of team that they were going to be at year's end. How much do you think this year's non-conference slate, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, is going to tell us about what type of football team Oklahoma really is? Sure, yeah, probably. You'd probably like to say the exact same. Not much. Uh, you know, Tulsa's the only road game on that, right? They're not going to Dallas for SMU. No. They're coming to Norman, correct? Yeah. So... Um, I mean, you're not going to learn anything about like playing in a true tough road environment until you get into conference play. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would say we probably don't learn a whole lot. We probably find out at least through three games of three straight games of film how the running back duo of Sawchuck and Javante Barnes looks. We got them for one game together and it looked great, but maybe a more consistent product. We figure that out. You asked me last week who's going to be that number two receiver on that roster. I think we maybe at least get an idea or an inkling of what that looks like through three games, but in terms of like what the quality of the team is and the expectations, I, I think we're all going to be a little more hesitant going into the Big 12 play next season because we felt pretty confident coming out of non-conference play this season. I, at least at least we, I thought we did it initially. So I think, I think there will be a, a wait or a, a little patience on the expectations going into next season for sure. I would agree. TJ, thank you for your time, my friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. I was going to say, thanks, Steely. Thanks, Parker. We'll talk again sometime in the next week or two. TJ Ecker joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Riverwind Casino, simply the best, and they are, because they have the best promotions, the best games, best bars and dining, best service, best hotel. They just gave away five trips to the Super Bowl with the Showdown in the Desert promotion, five lucky patrons, one trips to the Super Bowl with uh, airfare, hotel, ground transportation, tickets to the game, $1,000 cash. Another great promotion from our friends at Riverwind Casino, and it's happening every day with the new member seven. If you go out and get your Riverwind wild card, if you don't have a wild card, if you've gone out to Riverwind and you haven't played with your wild card, you need to because you're going to get some discounts. You're going to be eligible for all the uh, drawings they have. You'll very likely at some point hear your name called on the intercom to come pick up a prize because that's what the wild card can do for you. So go get your Riverwind wild card. And, again, you can earn up to $450 in one day. 
Uh, they've got great dining over there with the River Buffet. Uh, steak night again on Friday, and then seafood, uh, seafood night on Saturday. On Sunday, it's brunch time. Brunch is a great idea. And uh, Riverwind does it great at the River Buffet. They also have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant and a big-time food court. Concerts, show place theater. Renovation is getting close. We're getting closer to getting that finished. And uh, one of the first shows out is going to be Earth, Wind, and Fire. I can tell you that. That'll be big time. And if you've ever been to the Showplace Theater, you know that is a big time concert environment. Very cozy in there. Great acoustics. Can't wait to get shows back in the Showplace Theater. So thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. We're coming right back. More from Cavens and a few more texts to get in as well. Mike Steele with Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. The ref. Keep it here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Cavens Construction. I want to tell you about roofing for a second. Chris Smith, my old high school buddy, he was a year ahead of me. Better athlete than me, too. <laughs> but uh, how are we doing, Chris? I'm doing great, and it's so good to see you, Mike. You're yeah. just as nice as ever. Now, I tell you what, would you call you, are you like the director of roofing? Is that, are you the roofing czar? Or would, what would you like to be known as, MC Roofing, or what? <laughs> no, just, I'm known as Call Me. There you, they call me, there you go. You well, that, that was Blondie, actually, but we'll, you're the male version of that song. Okay, uh, tell me about, Cavens does a lot of roofing, obviously. Tell me about, because we've got a battle coming up, Mother Nature versus uh, Oklahoma Roofs. Yes. And Mother Nature wins a lot of those battles. Yes, they do. In fact, the vast majority of them. Yes, So does. tell me about Impact Shingles and what they're all about and the impact that they have. Okay, Impact Resistant Shingles... Um, they are, they're not bulletproof, but they're, you know, if, if, a, if a hailstone size of a softball hits your house or hits the shingle on your house, it's, it's going to break it. Uh, but they're not all that big. You see somebody that it has on the news that has a, you know, a baseball or softball size hail, that's why they're on the news. So usually it just, there's just like one of them. And, uh, and the rest, if it hits, the rest of them will be fine if they're, they're you know, ping pong, golf balls, or something like that, not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens if that softball size hill actually hits your shingle on your roof, you'll end up replacing that one and a couple around there, and that's it, you know. And so you're doing a, a, a small $200 repair rather than going through the whole thing of, of you know, Paying your deductible, uh, just right. going through the yeah. whole gambit again. So, so it's like a crack in your windshield versus replacing the whole windshield, right. Kind of thing. And the best thing about it, and I talked to, to State Farm. It was uh, last week. Uh, I was with the customer, and and sh- so we called her agent, and the average saves on an average house, and she was there from Norman, uh, one thousand to two thousand dollars annual premium savings. That's that's impressive. Yeah. So. Uh, are they, and I'm sure they're probably a little more expensive than your regular shingle, but you're talking about long-term benefits of having those. Because I know, like at our place, we've replaced almost two roofs in the last, you know, we've been there, I don't know, maybe in the last six years. It seems like we've had at least a lot of roof work roof work uh, that had to be done because of, okay. obviously, the hail. Right, right. Um, it's... It really just who, depends on who you get it through. You know, I mean, we're here to help. So usually uh, to get a uh, impact-resistant shingle, 
You're talking about extra couple of hundred, mm-hmm. not an extra couple thousand. Not significant, more. but right. it could be the savings is the significant part. It's unbelievable. You know, it's almost crazy, especially being in Oklahoma, not to to, to at least get informed and, and know what's going on with the impact resistant and and how little it costs to get it on your roof and how much you'll save every year. It's like a, a it's like a money roof, really. Uh, it, each year, it's saving you a thousand or two thousand. And if you're you've had your roof ten years, I mean, what's yeah. a thousand times twenty? Yeah. I want a money roof. Who doesn't want a money got, roof? Right? That's, 50, that's forty G there, Mike. <laughs> so my gosh, you know, give us a call if you if you want to learn more about impact resistant uh, shingles. Uh, there, especially in Oklahoma, you just really can't beat them. It, it's just a very wise choice, and it's so much bang for your buck. Uh, it, you know, it pays for itself normally. The first year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, and people, uh, I don't know why they don't call or, or, or get them all the time. Uh, we, we push and, and, and try to explain. We're not push, but uh, educate them on it. And usually 9 out of 10 of them, they will say, I'd be crazy not to, wouldn't I, Chris? And, then, and, you know, they do it. And then when they have a hailstorm, you know, you're really looking like a champ because they're just like, you know, oh my gosh, thank you so much for, for doing that. Everyone in the block's getting it. They're they're you know replaced, but us and uh, in the money they save, you know, they're, they're calling me from you know the Virgin Islands. There you go. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like the I like the visual of the money roof because it really is an investment. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, so, it's good uh, stuff. Yeah, Chris, you want to say hello to Ricky Stapleton, our mutual friend from Norman High School. Yes, I'm sure Rick- he's listening right now. <laughs> yes, Ricky, uh, we were talking about you earlier, and it was all good. We, yeah, it was very positive. Nothing but love, Rick. That's right. You take care of yourself. Chris, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Give Chris a call. Uh, I like that. He's talking about uh, a money roof, and I like that visualization right there. I'm the man. He might be a creative genius right there because it's an investment, and again, you're going to save money over time, and the difference you pay for the impact shingle is not that significant. It's not a big cost, and you're going to save money in the long run. So thanks to Chris. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate thank you, you, Mike, man. Good seeing you always. Absolutely. All right. Um, before we get out of here, once again, want to remind you, Sooner Basketball coming up this weekend against Baylor, 3 o'clock tip time, ESPN2 telecast. Don't forget, we have a pregame show that's going to be happening at 405 Burger Bar in the heart of Norman on Main Street from 1 to 2.30. So if you're coming down for a little Sooner Baylor basketball, stop by, have a burger at 405 Burger Bar on Main Street in Norman, 1 to 2.30 for our pregame show as the Sooners get ready uh, to take on the Baylor Bears. I know last night, disappointing second half, but Oklahoma needs uh, needs this victory coming up against Baylor, uh, certainly on Saturday. Okay, so we're going to get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up next. I want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, great deals on any vehicle on the lot out there, including pre-owned, and a great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life, on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Also want to thank uh, our friends at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. As always, Gary Cavins and the crew out here at Cavins Construction. Always, and Duke, let's not forget Duke, the office dog. Duke is, Duke is the dude here. Very, very cool dog. All right, so we will see you tomorrow. I will be out at Riverwind. Parker, Tyler McComas coming up next. All Sooner football, 
locked in for that hour. Stay with us right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network.